no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. to the very sentence on today's show we preview the week seven matchup against the raiders and much much more what's happening press what up dub? hey man audience we are back bruh like i told the audience on sunday man you got you got a guy over here man i'm not tripping on on this bullshit that this team has been doing this season <laughs> i am good man how you doing my brother man i'm good too man i'm just tired of this damn rain man it's been doing too much of that lately Hey, but it's good for that yard now. It's good for that yard. What you mean good for the yard? For more grass to grow? Listen, bro, that's what you want. What you want, what you want that yard to look like out there, Dub? Come on now. Come on now. Boy, Dub, hey, look, I ain't outsourced that yet. Dub got to cut it. That's fine. We'll see, you know, that, see that, that, that's your problem because uh, <laughs> you got to outsource that thing now, Dub. But I'm telling you, man, it's a beautiful thing when it rains, man, because I look at that yard and, and the garden and stuff, and I'm like, yes. Man, we had a little stretch there during the summer. I'm yeah. like, what the hell? I had like all them damn yellow spots out there in the yard. I'm like, damn. Did that mean you gotta you, you gotta use the water hose? And I'm like, nah, I ain't trying to do all that. I to I'm with that. you that. Because you know, man, once that grass started dying, you're like, oh, it don't look the same, bro. See, that's <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you, duh. See, embrace it. And and guess what? If the if the bears fuck around and do some dumb shit on Sunday, hey, you got an outlet. So <laughs> that's a so gift from God. Been. That is a gift from God, eh, Dub? I'll tell you one thing, man. If they do lose, it's gonna have Dub out there getting in shape, man. See, there you go. And that's another thing. So Dub, come on now. Talking about some oh for the rain where the grass grow. Yeah, man. Hey, you gotta take your blessings out. You can get them. That's a free workout. You ain't gotta go to the gym. Go right outside, knock that grass down, boy. You're Yo, optimistic ass, man. There you go, man. <laughs> uh, listen, that's the only thing. I'm, right. Hey, that's the only thing I'm optimistic about this week. That's it. That's it. I got nothing else. That's <laughs> it. Obviously, last show we talked about Justin Fields and the fact that it's looking more and more likely that he won't play against the Raiders. That dislocated thumb situation. They're saying that it really is more about Justin and the ability to grip the football. Dub. I wrote an article on this situation. The way I look at this whole thing right now is this season was really for Ryan Poles to have a really good evaluation of Justin Fields, right? They didn't go after any of those top quarterbacks in the recent draft. He put his confidence behind Justin Fields. Now, with that being said, though, this injury gives the Bears an opportunity to see what Tyson Bajet has got. They have the benefit of doing this controversy-free. Because you know how it is with these quarterback situations. You get the starter, and then the number two guy start getting playing time. Everybody's like, oh, do we, have a comp- do we have a quarterback controversy? Not yet. But the Bears got an opportunity here to see what Beijing has. And listen, bro, right now Tyson is in the driver's seat, bro, because he's got nothing to fucking lose. Right. And if you Tyson Beijing you feeling pretty good. You're not stepping on Justin Fields' toes. You're not stepping on anyone's toes. 
And I mean, they've even said too that Justin Fields has been really big for helping Tyson Vigian get ready for this matchup. So that also just shows you a little bit about Justin and being a team first guy. And that doesn't surprise me, right? I know Justin is not happy right now. You know he wants to be out there playing. Right. He knows what's at stake right now. But however, knowing that number one is helping him out, that says a lot, man. Because I'll tell you one thing. I know there's a lot of fans out here. They love Jake Cutler at his time. Jack, I remember Jake Cutler helping Josh McCown out when Jake Cutler was hurt. <laughs> Josh McCown almost took his job from him. Came close, man. Came really close. That was poor coaching because there's no way Jay Culler should have kept that starting job. Josh McCown was hot. Mercy. But anyway. I even heard Tyson say, you know what? I'm going to do the best I can until Justin Fields gets back. Pretty much saying that, hey, I'm only holding down the four until QB1 come back, you know? So it just shows this kind of team thing and supporting each other and playing as a team and understanding your role as well. And I think Tyson right now really feels that, hey, Justin Fields really is the quarterback right now for the team, you know, according to how things have been going until maybe it's time come, whether it's with the Bears or somewhere else. And you know another thing that's interesting, too, with that whole situation is the fact that, and we always say this, too, you know when you are that guy, right, or when you're like the leader of a team, that people are always watching you. And Tyson talked about the fact that since he's been here, Justin's been nothing but a leader for him. And he's, he'll be sitting back and kind of out of the corner of his eye, he's peeping what Justin is doing, right? He said right. whether that's in practice or in a game or kind of how he's doing things pregame, the walkthroughs. And I tell you one thing, that's why it's important when you are the guy to make sure that you always are doing things the right way, that you have the proper habits, because you got young guys on the team, they're looking up to you. They're trying yeah. to see what you're about. And I tell you one thing, man, Tyson, the way that you see him carry himself, that's also a kid that doesn't lack for confidence, just like Justin Fields. I'm kind of glad both of them kind of have that bit of an edge, that kind of a DNA in them, man, to where they want to do a great job. They want to compete, right, in a way. So you love that about him, man. And the thing is, but Tyson on the sideline waiting, and to your point, watching Justin Fields, I'm glad he's soaking all that information up, bro. And that's a good thing for him, not coming in with any kind of an ego, but more so, hey, I want to continue to learn and get better as a quarterback. So, obviously, Justin Fields in this saga, I brought it up earlier. I talked about my article and the fact that right now, Justin Fields is in a, in a tough situation, right? Because if, for some reason, Tyson does outplay him, and if Justin has to miss – you know, maybe a couple games, then that's when you start some of that chatter that I'm hoping it gets avoided. I really hope that we don't get into any sort of like a quarterback controversy here in Chicago. But if that's something that pops up, I'll tell you one thing, man. Justin is the type of guy, if whichever way this thing goes, I know that he's going to do the right thing for this organization. That's one thing I'm confident when it comes out of Justin Fields, he would not be a distraction. And the thing is, with Tyson... I hope he does do well. I don't want a quarterback to go out there and do a bad job anyhow, you know. Exactly. But, but in Chicago, you know how it go, Perez. You hit it on the head, man. We we are not immune to controversy when it comes down to the quarterback. We've seen it in the past. Many I times. Hope. Exactly. So I just hope that, for me, looking at Tyson Bajan, I just want the guy to go out there and compete, play as hard as he can, man, and hopefully do a fantastic job with helping this offense go and move, you know. I understand that how Justin Fields has played already. We saw some good tape on Justin Fields. We saw some improvement. The thing is, if Tyson Bajan is doing a great job, this gives Justin Fields enough time to continue to recover without having to rush back. 
I don't want Justin to rush back, but if Tyson is out there doing his thing, it may force Justin to come back sooner because the thing <laughs> is, we talked about it. Yeah, he did have that two-game stretch where he was out there being that guy. However, what do we see against the Vikings? We still saw signs of that Justin, indecisive, not getting the ball out, taking yeah. sacks, missing reads, right? So there's it's been a mixed bag. So my whole thing is this. There's a lot of pressure on Justin right now. He went into yeah. this season, honestly, dubbed as that guy. Now, yep. his career potentially is at a crossroads depending on what happens here with Tyson. Because now Tyson, bro, he gets a full week to prepare as a starter. Remember last week I mentioned Tyson was sitting on, on the bench cold when they called him. Right. You know what I mean? And that's why he didn't look so good because the game plan he was running was the game plan that was designed around Justin and what Justin does well. But now, audience, and Dub and I going to get into this in a little bit, but that Raiders defense, they're pretty damn underrated. And they're going to throw a lot of different looks at Tyson. And Max Crosby is a fucking game wrecker. That is a name that's not going to be a surprise for anybody that is a football fan and definitely Woo. not a surprise for anybody that's been seeing premier pass rushers in his league because that guy right there, he's going to pose a challenge for our offensive line on Sunday. If Tyson Bajan can hold his own ground against a, a team like that, this is big ups to Tyson Bajan if he can go off there and perform extremely well. Well, like I told you earlier, man, this is a guy, he does not lack for any confidence. And what did he say, bro, to the media this week? He said, coming from where I come from, I pretty much beat every odd there was for me. When I heard that quote, I said, that sounds like some of the shit that you and I dub and some of the people that we grew up around in the inner city. That's how we yeah. feel about stuff. That's why I was the average thing with some people, it, it it makes them feel some kind of way. I'm over here. I embrace an obstacle. I embrace a challenge. I'm like, okay, cool. What else you got for? <laughs> right. And it makes you feel like everything you're doing, you have earned. I mean, think about with him on the Bears. He wasn't supposed to be QB number two. Hell no. He At first, I mean, you got to think about the way he came in. This guy played Division II football at Shepard. Now, he was tearing it up there. But his path to where he is now, not everybody's going to do what Tyson Bajan did. Right. But it just tells you, man, what he's done, the route he's taken to get where he's at, and now having the opportunity to start an NFL football game, man, you got to be happy and proud of what you accomplished. If you Tyson Bajan, man, to, to this point, Perez, he ain't got no worries, man. All he got to go do is perform. That's it. I, I feel like his story – should be motivated to any young football player, any young basketball player, any young athlete out there. Yeah. Look, look at where this guy came from. Look at the fact that despite the odds that he was dealt with, this man just kept fighting. He kept playing hard. He put his head down. The guy worked his ass off, earned the respect of his teammates. This is a rookie here, man. Division two football. That's the thing, man. A lot of people will look down on the D2 opportunity. They don't want to play D2. Everybody want to go D1. Well, guess what? Sometimes it makes sense. To play D2. Yeah. And so I just respect this kid's story, the hustle behind him, and just his approach. And to your point, A-Dub, I love the fact that he's even deferring to Justin, saying, well, hey, man, when he's ready to come back, I know that this is his seat. You got to give it to Tyson, man. He is handling all of this the right way, Perez. And if there's no one who I'm proud of getting an opportunity, it definitely is him. Because now you look at this guy and his path to where he's at that you just talked about, you're right, man. It's more than one path to get to the NFL. And take it for Tyson, he is living proof. 
So this is more the reason why I'm rooting for the guy to see him do well because of his path. Like, man, this is unprecedented. You know, a lot of this type of stuff doesn't happen. But to your point, it puts everybody else on notice. Other people who want to get to the NFL to say, hey, any route can possibly work for you if you stay at the craft and you stay working hard. You just never know what may happen for you and what doors might open up. True that. Well, hey, Adam, I wanted to ask you because obviously this season has not gone the way that the organization thought, obviously the fan base thought, you and I, and so forth. So we're sitting at one and five here, and you got a couple guys here that are looking to get some contract extensions. And Jalen Johnson, he went on the radio this week because we know that the NFL trading deadline is approaching. They're on the 31st. And Jalen Johnson, who's in the final year of his rookie deal, basically admitted that the thought of being traded has crossed his mind. What do you cost there? I can see why I've crossed his mind because he see where this team is at right now. And it's possible that the Bears may want to get more access in the draft, you know, and do things that way. And he could be somebody that could be let go, you know, or traded in that aspect of things, you know. And I, I get where he's at because right now anything can happen. He's seen other great players already get traded, Perez. So he's like, well, it's a business and I understand it. And I've seen that I could potentially be next. Based upon the fact that right now this unit has not won and we're still trying to build and still trying to build and I can be the next person out. But he's taking it in a stride, which I like about him. But that's the thing. That's the business side of football. It is the business side of football. And one of the things that I had talked to you about going into the season was Ryan Poles, right? He may have one view of Jalen Johnson and his value. And yep. Jalen Johnson has a different idea. The first thing that I mentioned to you was the fact that Jalen Johnson has not played a complete season due to whatever type of injury. Right. And the same has been, again, true for this season, right? He yep. missed time with that hamstring injury. So it's one of those situations where if a guy's up for a contract extension, we know Jalen Johnson can ball. But now with a team that's probably headed toward a deeper rebuild, yeah. do you think that Ryan Poles is thinking, hey, I'm going to shell out all these millions of dollars on this corner. Or do you think he says, no, nah, maybe I trade that corner or maybe I just let that corner walk and I right. go draft another And you hit him in the head, man. Health is everything. If you're not out there helping your team win or producing, then people are going to look at you a little bit different and make you feel like you're expendable. And then the other thing you talk about is contract press. How much are you looking for? Because you know Ryan Poles don't play when it comes to that. So it's like, look, you want out? Hey, look, man, I, I bet I'll trade you right now then go through all this extra stuff where you become a distraction to the team. So that's what it all comes down to as well, Perez, that, hey, what is your value? What do you think your value is? And where does team think your value is at? Because that's a big part of what they might do when it comes down to him. And we've seen it happen before. No, we have seen it before. Now, to Jalen Johnson's credit, he has not been a distraction. I right. kind of worried about him. I thought, like, oh, Jalen might be a guy that may make a little noise, you know, if they don't extend him, right? Because when Cole Komet got his bag, I was wondering, like, okay, how is a guy like Jalen Johnson going to respond to that? I was surprised. He handled that shit well. He said, hey, look, you know, we'll focus on that when the time comes. Now, your boy Money Moon, on the other hand, mm. you remember I said it was going to be either between him or Claypool that was going to get that bag. I said they both won't go get the bag. Now, Claypool, <laughs> that's a story that I don't even want to talk about no more, but we already know how that one went. Right. But then when you think of Money Moon, you look at the season that he has had, let me say that again, and you look at the season that he's had, has not been a good one. This bank, just this underfunded bank, I'm not even going to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> but, A-Dub, all jokes aside, 
when you look at a guy like Darnell Moody, I really feel like this is a guy right now that could potentially get traded because there's some value from around the league in a guy like this. Look at the Chargers. Right now, that's a team that could do something in the league, and they lost Mike Williams for the season with an ACL injury. Imagine Darnell Mooney in that offense playing with a Keenan Allen. Ooh. With an Eckler. With Herbert as the quarterback. He could do some damage. He could. And so I'm looking at that audience, and I'm not saying, please trade the guy. I'm just trying to tell you guys, realistically, there's some rumors out there. And I could not even be upset if Ryan Poles made that decision to move this kid somewhere else, especially if he's got no plans or offering him in a contract extension. I didn't want to think about it, Perez. You know, love my boy Money Moon. You hit on the head. The bank been closed. We're in foreclosure right now. Yeah. I came on this show and said against the Vikings, the bank will be open. It didn't happen. Did not happen at all. So here we are, to your point, Perez, throughout the season, you can look right now at this point and say he has not been productive, which is being totally, totally open and honest about it. And you talk about the fact of not being productive, and you see who is being productive when it comes down to DJ Moore. You got to wonder, do Money Moon fit in well with this team right now? And at this point, Perez, I can't say he does. So it's possible that Ryan Post could go in a different direction when it comes out of Money Moon because he might just might not offer him a contract extension. Maybe Ryan Post said, I'm going to go to the draft and draft me a wide receiver. He may Marvin have a good Harrison chance to get a good Jr. one. There Marvin you go. Harrison Jr., baby. Yes, sir. He may have opportunity to draft that kid based upon what how the Bears are playing now, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's that could be a big factor of where the Bears end up at near or somewhere near the end of this season. And you just don't know how many games that he's going to give Money Moon a chance to continue to show his value or get a chance to raise his stock up, if that, you know, to say he belongs on his team. But right now, Chris, it just have not worked out. I'm talking about I've done some deep tape study this season, and I've seen some frustration from Mooney. There's been some plays there where Justin has overthrown him. I've yep. seen some plays where Mooney's been open and, and Justin will throw it to somebody else or he'll try to force it into DJ Moore. And you kind of see that Mooney is a little frustrated. And I would be too, right? Because this is a yeah. very important year for Darnell Moon. And things just aren't happening the way that he was expecting them to. He came in with a little bit of chip on his shoulder. But you can see the chemistry when it comes down to Justin Fields and DJ Moore that you will not continuously talk about. But he doesn't seem to have that same type of chemistry with Money Moon. And with that, that could raise some eyebrows and say, okay, is this kid who we think he is can he continue to can he help the Chicago Bears, you know, become a weapon for them? But right now, man, it has not been shown for us. It hasn't been shown in quite a while, bro. So where does he where does he stand at right now with this organization? Because if you're not being productive, then what are you? Maybe you can't be productive somewhere else instead of with the Chicago Bears. Hey, the way that I look at it, man, and this is gonna probably bring some heat for some people. But at the end of the day, I don't shy away from heat. I don't duck smoke. Right. I think that this team potentially could be better off by getting something for Darnell Mooney, especially if they're not going to re-up him in the offseason. Right. But now, on the flip side of it, some may say, well, Press, the fact that Mooney's having a down year, does that mean that Ryan Poles has the advantage in contract extension talks? Possibly. But if the Bears 
end up as bad as, as we all think they're going to end up, and they go out and draft a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr., and you're pairing him with a DJ Moore, how many footballs do you got to go around? Somebody's not going to be happy. <laughs> and so, how much and how much are you going to pay Mooney to be a number three option in that offense? Because he does go to number three. Oh, 100%. 100%. So can he handle that? And that's a tough place to be when you think you're better than that and you've seen some signs of you doing very well in a previous year where you had over a 1,000 receiving yards and you want to get back to that point. So I don't know where Money Moon's ego is at. That's another factor. See, I don't think he's got much of an ego, but the problem is, is that before the season – you know Mooney was talking that good shit. He was like, look, he wants to make the NFL pay. He wants to make the cats feel it. And I, I ain't seen it. <laughs> and this is the one thing you and I did speak about when we talked about Money Moon, is getting out of character. You come in with that type of chip on your shoulder like that, which isn't you and who you are as a player, and that may not work for you. Being Money Moon, the happy guy, and growing up that's just playing football, the game you love, it's probably won't work for you, but coming in angry and upset and feel like you got to go out there and be the villain, that's not who you are. It doesn't work for you. And as, as of right now, it has not worked for you. So you're going to have to get back to who you really are, man, as a player in person and be the guy that got you here. Hey, man, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I, like I said, that trade deadline is approaching quickly. October Ooh. 31st will be here before you know it. Now, I briefly touched on the Cody Whitehair situation and obviously going into this game against the Raiders. I talked about them having that really underrated defense. Are you concerned with the situation at center, right? Because I saw the Lucas Patrick, obviously. I saw for what it was. I think Cody Whitehair got bitched in that game. Tyson Bajan, kind of, again, Matty Rafus continues to lie to the media. He lies to the <laughs> fan base. He's a fucking pathological liar. Right. Because he's bringing it up, saying shit about, oh, well, Tyson and, and, and Lucas have all this chemistry together. And Tyson went up there to the media and was like, I usually work with scout team. So he ain't working with either <laughs> one of them. <laughs> he, he threw coach on the bus indirectly. Didn't even yeah, know Indirectly, he right? <laughs> but during Wednesday's practices, A-Dub, I found it interesting that Lucas Patrick, Dan Feeney, and Doug Kramer were taking steps to center. Because that is a sign right there, Perez, that Coach knows that Cody Whitehair did not do a great job. Why are you trying now others? Why are you getting every, other players a shot at center now? You know it wasn't right. You look, you fired up that film tape that Perez and I talked about, and you realize, hey, we saw a lot of missed opportunities there. So now you're telling us that, hey, it is possibility, you know, that you're definitely going in a different direction come Sunday against the Raiders. Now, also keep in mind, Dub, Nate Davis is out. Yeah. So when I heard that on Wednesday, to me it signaled the fact that, yes, Cody Whitehair, days at center are probably numbered, but he's going to probably move over to the guard to replace Nate Davis. Now, with the center situation being what it is, what do you think? Lucas Patrick or Feeney, right? We brought Feeney in here for depth purposes, but we haven't really seen much up. Right. And I think those practices probably going to be critical, I can see Lucas Patrick getting a shot again, Perez. You can see Reflux have no problem with going a different direction. But that could possibly happen, man. We can still see some musical chairs going on during the game. Now, let's talk Raiders. Going into this matchup, 
we know that they're going to be without Jimmy Garoppolo. He's got a back injury. So now this is a ball game here where you got two backup quarterbacks. This is going to be a very <laughs> interesting game for, for, people that are, for people that will be in attendance. Sorry for y'all, you know, but hey, you never know. It could be one of those games where you may be like, man, remember that Tyson Beijing game when he scored four touchdowns? You know, it could be one of them type of things. But anyway, yeah. the fact that Jimmy G is out for this ball game, with the Jimmy G injury, A-Dub, right now the Raiders are really kind of debating who's even going to be their guy. Is it going to be Brian Hoyer or is it going to be Aiden O'Connell, right? It's Aiden O'Connell, as you guys all know, fourth-round draft pick for the Raiders. Well, Hoyer was the one that helped the Raiders off the bench last week when Jimmy G went down. So, A-Dub, this one right here is a tough one to call because I don't know who we should be planning for. And I know a lot of coaches want to keep certain things like that close to the vest. You know how I go, Perez. To, to, to throw you off. And I think they want to throw the Bears off. But I don't know, to your point, who they're going to go with either. I know Brian Hoare, you're right, did a good job for them to close it out, to get a victory. But they're pretty high on this dude, Aiden O'Connell, man. And I think they like the guy. And I think the other thing, too, to keep our eye on when it comes to this matchup is the fact that Aiden O'Connell actually started the game already for the Raiders. So it's not like they would not use him. So that's why, for me, it's like, I wonder which way they're going to decide to go. Because to Adel's point, they are high on the fourth round. But Brian Hoyer is also that steady veteran that you might want to put in there and, and kind of right the ship. And it's possible. It's very possible. We probably could see both of them. You oh, know wow. how I go, man. Oh, wow. <laughs> eye game. Look, it's an eye game for the Bears, right? But the thing is, you just never know. I know they still want to continue to see that kid and see what he can do. Yeah, and so far he's doing a good job right now. I'll give him credit. <laughs> so, A-Dub, I want to turn the page over to the Bears injury report, and then we're going to just finish it off with nothing but Raiders talk from here on out. So, as far as the injury report is concerned for the Bears right now, we kind of spoke to it. Nate Davis, more than likely not going to play here on Sunday with the ankle injury. Dan Feeney, he also did not practice on Thursday. Knee. Justin Fields did not practice. Thumb. Travis Homer. Full participant in practice, that hamstring, so that's good news there. Eddie Jackson did not practice today. Same thing with Roshan Johnson, who also didn't practice on Wednesday. So now when you look at that situation with the running backs, A-Dub, do you think that that's kind of like signaling that we're probably going to see Roshan Johnson inactive again on Sunday as well? It's possible we could see him in active prayers. And um, the thing is, we saw what our running backs did against the Vikings. They were okay. They were solid, man. Foreman did his thing, you know. So it's like, well, Roshan, you can continue, you know, doing your thing and get healthy. But it's possible that he's not 100% at this point. And I'd rather the kids sit out and get back full healthy and then come back and help the running backs. But right now, Perez, it doesn't like he's going to be trending to coming back. Yeah, you never know. Like, that protocol is very tricky. And like I said, the play that he got hurt on, that was quite the shot that he took. And I'm okay with them taking more of the conservative route. The yeah. guy's got a promise and a bright career. You don't want to be nope. rushing my back, especially with a with a head injury. So when I look at this injury report, I'm looking at a Nate Davis that's probably not going to play. Obviously, Justin not going to play. Eddie Jackson I don't think is going to play. And then mm. Roshan Johnson also. So those are some key guys that we're talking about being out when we face this Raiders team. And I got to say again, man, I kind of feel bad for Eddie Jackson, man. The dude wants to get out there, press. I know I keep saying that week after week, but – uh. It just feels bad for him. It just seems like it's going to be an up-and-down season for him, man, when it comes down to his health. 
And Darnell Wright, he's also another guy that didn't practice today. But I do feel like Darnell Wright will probably end up playing in that game on Sunday. He's been nursing a bit of a shoulder injury. But that's it as far as, as the Bears are concerned. Now, on the Raiders' side of the house, A-Dub, they got Devontae Adams. They're talented, all-pro receiver. He was limited in practice with a shoulder. Max Crosby, who I talked about earlier, he was limited in practice with a knee and thumb injury designation. Jimmy Garoppolo, as I talked about earlier, back injury did not practice. And then Nate Hobbs, their talented corner, he didn't practice with an ankle injury. So <laughs> not only do the Bears have a full list of here of people on the injury list, so do the Raiders. So it's going to be interesting to see who ends up playing and who doesn't play. And I know Devontae Adams, Max, Max Crosby, those guys really want to play for us. Mm-hmm. You won your last two games. You know, you got a little momentum going on. You are key players to this team. You want to play, right? So I can see those guys probably more so trending and probably will show up because they feel they got a chance to beat the Chicago Bears. So, okay, let's talk about it. Devontae Adams, listen, that's that's a guy that we know all too well. <laughs> Old nemesis, as they say. Now, I'm sure he's super frustrated because when he went to the Raiders, he left an all-pro Hall of Fame quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, and he goes to play his car. Things don't go as well as they, you know, could have gone for him. And then car to Jimmy Garoppolo. You have to know that Devontae Adams is probably super frustrated. I don't care how much money the guys make. But now in this matchup against the Bears, our defense is fully healthy for the most part outside of Bojack. I feel like that bowls better for the matchup that we have against a guy like Devontae Adams. He has made a career out of burning Bears receivers. They do. For a lot of Bears uh, corners on skates, I get it, man. This guy's been lethal. And he knows the Chicago Bears pretty well from playing against the Bears so many times. Fred, you get used to it, right? And I'm quite sure he wants to continue to perform well against the Bears, right? So that is somebody, of course, you know, got to keep an eye on and try to slow down. But I'm telling you right now, I know Devontae Adams has not been cool with his role. He's willing to have a breakout game against the Chicago Bears. Yeah, just our luck. So end up with that in mind. Obviously, we talked about some of the notables. I talked about Max Crosby, who I think is going to be a really big piece of the Bears game plan with containing him. Obviously, a guy like Devontae Adams, got to make sure you're neutralizing him. They even got Josh Jacobs, who Ooh. has had an up-and-down season. But, man, y'all know Josh Jacobs can run that football. So with that being said, hey, Doug, give me one of your keys to victory for the Bears. When you talk about Josh Jacobs, the thing is, the Raiders are going to continue running football, no matter what. They're going to do that. They're not going to just throw it out, air it out. They're a team that love to have balance. And I can see Josh Jacobs getting about 25 carries, somewhere around that 20-plus. And with that, that means the Chicago Bears are going to have to slow this guy down. And the thing is, anytime you see a, a Brian Horry out there or even the O'Connell kid come out there, you want to make this team, and I know I'm talking about making them one-dimensional, that's this what you want to do. I'd rather those guys to beat us in the air with two backup quarterbacks than let Josh Jacobs run all over us, bro. So I think in this game here, it's going to be very important for the Chicago Bears to tackle extremely well. I know you called it out last week, Perez, about their tackling against the Vikings, but they're going to have to tackle very well against the Josh Jacobs because that guy, like you said, if he don't get tackled well, he can run up some good yardage on the Chicago Bears. So he is a key 
factor that we got to slow down. Yeah, I've been unhappy with the Bears tackling for the last three weeks. Um, I think when I look at this matchup, I like that key dub because while the defense has done a decent job of plugging holes in the run game in recent weeks, earlier in the season, man, teams are gashing us. Earlier in the season, teams are gashing us. But I thought that we did a really good job against Alexander Madison in that Vikings game. I thought we did a really good job. He's a pretty solid back, but he's not a Josh Jacobs. Right. You know, when I look at a guy like Josh Jacobs, he's kind of that same mold of a Derrick Henry. Now, listen, audience, before y'all start getting in our mentions, I didn't say <laughs> he was Derrick Henry. I said he's in the same mold of a Derrick Henry where he can wear your defense down. And as the game continues to go on and on, this is a guy that just runs harder and harder. So a guy like that, you got to stop him early. Because if he starts to get rolling and starts rallying off those big runs, shit, it's going to be a long afternoon for us. And that is something that we do not want. And the good thing that you talked about, Perez, is that the Bears have had success lately, which I like. That gives them confidence that they can stop the run. I'm hoping they're able to do it against the Raiders. And this is the whole thing, too. We know in a four-quarter game with the Raiders and their physical running attack, fourth quarter of a football game, hey, your techniques start to fall apart. That's when the arm tackles start happening. That's when you start missing tackles. That's why it's going to be really important for this team, not only to keep their gap integrity, but also continue to make fundamentally sound tackling out there. Because, again, I talked about how tackling has been an area of concentration. Yep. You can't go out there like that against Jacobs because he will punish you. And with that, Perez, that is what wears your defense down. If they continue to stay on the field and continue to run the ball effectively against the Chicago Bears, that's going to hurt. It's going to pay off long run. By the time the fourth quarter hit, that's when all the problems start to occur, bro. So I just hope the Bears can, again, do a great job early on and then finish strong with, with definitely holding Jacobs in check. And that's where it's going to come down to our linebackers who played their best game of the season last year, but Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards, and Jack Sanborn. I'm looking at them. Those guys are going to be key mm -hmm. stopping Josh Jacobs in that Raiders running game. So that's a hell of a key. I think for mine, I mean, I got to go back to Devontae Adams. And I understand this is the Packers. I understand that Aaron Rodgers isn't on their team. But Devontae Adams is still very dangerous. He is still one of the best wide receivers in the game. And if you want to fall asleep on a guy like that, you will be crazy to do so. Devontae Adams is still the real deal. And he is somebody you just got to pay close attention to and hold in check as best as you can. And I hope the Chicago Bears can hold this guy in check, man, because you and I have seen enough of him overall in the past of what he's been able to do. So my first thing here when it comes to Devontae Adams is I want my best corner shadowing him. So I want Jalen Johnson. I don't care where Devontae Adams lines up. I want him following that guy on the fucking football field. Jalen Johnson, he's had success in his career with contesting and going up against some of these star receivers in the league at times. Yeah. So I think that if anybody can handle that challenge, it's going to be him. But also, but also now, Ibrahim don't be too proud and don't send help to Jalen Johnson if necessary. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with rolling over your coverage. Now, Eddie Jackson isn't able to go. Jaquan Brisket or somebody else needs to be out there kind of keeping an eye on that kid. But also, when Devontae Adams gets the ball in traffic, we need to be swarming him because the thing about him Yards after the catch with Devontae Adams. Dangerous. When he gets that football, he needs to go down. Devontae Adams is physical. He plays physical. Plays strong, tough as nails. We both know that, right? And it's going to take a lot to bring this guy down. So you got to be on your A game. If you're defending him, covering him, 
And to your point, man, our safety is going to have to play a big factor in that because it's not just Devontae Adams you got to worry about. They got some other weapons, even though Devontae Adams is the guy that you really got to figure that will lead the charge. But, man, you got to definitely make sure you put that guy in his place. All right, A-Dub, give me your last key, man, before we get up out of here. My last key, friends, is I know you mentioned Devontae Adams. My thought process is Jacoby Myers has to be slowed down as well. Devontae Adams is nice, but the guy they've been going to is Jacoby Myers. He's been making a difference. He's the one been getting the touchdowns, you know. He's the one he's been getting the targets. He's the one that's been eating, and we got to slow down Jacoby Myers. This guy's making these nice little routes, you know, getting the seams, making big catches. He's a guy that we're going to have to pay close attention to and neutralize and make sure that he doesn't go off for over 100 yards with a couple of TDs. I can see that. I'm not necessarily worried about Jacoby. Devontae Adams, he's a, he's a Bears killer. That, that's the one right there. I mean, he's probably right now somewhere watching film and like thinking like, yeah, I'm about to put up 150 on this team. <laughs> and you know what? Between the two of them, if Jacoby Myers is the one that goes off, fine, I can live with that. I don't want Devontae Adams fucking running up and down that fucking field. If I see number 17 running up and down that field, man, I'm going to fucking be having nightmares on Sunday night. That's all I can tell you. Brings back, very, brings back very, very painful memories of him and that god-awful green and yellow. I can roll with that, bro. All right, my last key, and this is the one I probably should have made my number one key, and this is on Tyson Beijing. I need this young man to run this offense officially. I don't need him turning that football over. And I want to see not only DJ Moore get involved, but I want to see Darnell Mooney get more involved. So my biggest key here is making sure that this coaching staff has done a really good job of making sure that we get this kid ready for this game. Obviously, this is a rookie here getting his first NFL start. I want to make sure that we have a game plan to compliment this kid, running the football, right? Getting yep. the ball out quick, calling plays where the receivers aren't having to do all these crazy routes to get open. Make it simple for the kid. But like I said, run that football early and often. Get the defenders out of position so that way he can't take shots because, as I mentioned on the show last week, the kid ain't shot. He a gunslinger, right? <laughs> so, hey, maybe take a couple shots when it makes sense. And those turnovers that he had last week shouldn't discourage the coaching staff. You know, you don't want this kid playing scared because that's not who he is. Right. But I would just say the game plan just needs to compliment him a little bit. Give the kid some confidence early. Give the kid some confidence early on. Call plays that don't put the kid in tough situations. Who you calling out right now, Perez, is Luke Getzey. Been calling him out. You been calling him out? Letting the running backs eat? That type of thing, you're looking at Luke Getzey of making the game a little bit simplified for this kid to be effective. If Luke Getzey screw this up, it's going to be very obvious. You know, he has a chance to where he can get a kid like Tyson a good opportunity to be set up for, to have a good game, to not force plays, right? And this is what you want to see a rookie come in and do with a start, to come in from the confident versus you as a head, as a coordinator, taking it away. But this is my thing. You had a quarterback in Tyson Beijing that plays with swagger. Yeah. I don't want that coach down to him. I want him to continue to play that way. Hey, sometimes he's going to try to zip balls into tight coverage. Fine. That's who he is. 
we know that he's going to give DJ Moore every opportunity to make plays out there. I'm with that. I right. just want to incorporate Darnell Moody into that a little bit. Because, you know, I want to see the bank open, man. And the bank ain't been open in a while, man. And I would love to see Money Moon get involved in the game. It just sucks when you don't see both of your wide receivers. So when you think got talent, get involved. And we've seen DJ Moore. We know what he can do. This is the thing, man. We saw what the Vikings did last week in their coverage. They noticed what Tyson Bajet was doing with Moore. So guess what? They slid their defense over and they went hyper, hyper coverage mode on DJ Moore. That's why it's going to be important to make sure that we're looking for Darnell Mooney as well because if the coverage is going to go and follow DJ Moore, that opens it up for Darnell Mooney to be able to get open. Call plays that Darnell Mooney likes. Get him out in open space, right? That's where it comes to your offensive coordinator calling good plays, calling smart plays, and making sure that we're doing the best to get the most out of this rookie quarterback. Because you hit something on the head when you talk about getting the most out of the rookie quarterback. But if you think about the Raiders, their last couple games, they've done a good job against Jordan Love and Mac Jones. And both of those quarterbacks struggle. You know, I'm not saying Tyson Bates is going to be the next victim, but I'm just saying, really, it's going to really be important for Luke Getty to do the right thing and really be detailed, man, and helping this kid be successful. Because that secondary over there with the Raiders, man, is not bad. And those guys that you talked about early on been balling out. So we got to do better to make sure that Tyson – doesn't turn the ball over. We talk about throwing it in the air, you know? And that's going to be all on Luke Getze and his game planning and how he put things in perspective and give this kid a good opportunity to be successful. And also from a play call standpoint, the play call's got to be plays where the ball's coming out quick, right? Yeah. Because as I mentioned earlier with Max Crosby, that's going to be a big test for this offensive line. Darnell Wright's going to probably be tasked with trying to slow this guy down, which I yeah. think he's up for the challenge. However, that's a rookie offensive lineman, a rookie quarterback. Luke Getze, you got to give these guys the opportunities to get comfortable to settle into this ball game. Because, again, Max Crosby is a disruptive player. He will wreck your whole damn game plan. <laughs> and you already talked about Darnell Wright being a little banged up already. I hope the kid is fully healthy coming to this game because you just hit on the head. You got a chance to go up against Max. Max is not coming to play any games. The dude been turning it up lately. Of course, he wants to get home and disrupt him, right? The worst thing that can happen to a rookie quarterback really is to be under pressure a lot. It's going to really be a challenge for his O-line to try to slow those guys down because if you cannot slow them down, that is where Tyson might make some mistakes for us with throwing the football. And the one thing that you will notice about Max Crosby when you watch film from the Raiders play, he does not quit. He does not give up on plays. So my whole thing is you got to continue to block this guy. If you yep. sit up here and you let up and you think, okay, the play is over, this guy's still fucking running around trying to make something happen. Do not give up on plays on Max Cross. Because he plays with a lot of passion, too. When he get a sack, man, he going to let you know he got a sack. You know, and that was fuels the defense. He is it. So you don't want to give that defense over the Raiders any type of confidence like that because, man, they can be detrimental to your team to your offense, and that could be to our demise. But to your point, we got to put some blocking on him, man, to make sure he don't get home. All right, end up Score prediction time before we get out of here. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, Perez. I'm looking at probably 20 to 13, and I think the Bears are going to take an L. So Dub has the Raiders beating the Bears at home. DraftKings also has the Bears as a home underdog. <laughs> Two and a half point variety. So, Dub, I don't think, you know, you're going to be alone in that in that sentiment. However, 
I'm going to go on the opposite side here. I'm going to say that Tyson Bajet and that Bears offense does just enough to eke out a win for the Bears. Now, I do agree with A-double one part. It's going to be a very low-scoring game. But I think that the Bears win 19-13 against the Raiders on Sunday. I hope so, Press. I hope we can pull out the dub, man. Well, we'll see what happens there. But listen, audience, I mean, this has been a tough season. And uh, I think this game right here, when I even before the Vikings game, I thought this Raiders game was going to be a winnable game. I still feel that same way right now. But the Bears are going to have to execute on all levels to be able to win. They cannot turn over the football. Defensively, they have to play the same way they played against the Vikings. Offensively, Lugetti, continue to run that fucking football. Time of possession is going to be very key in this game for the Bears. And so I think if we could do those things, I think the Bears could pull one off here. But we'll see. We'll see. And I think the other thing you talked that you think about as well, man, is winning the field, right? Being in good field positioning. I think that really would be a, a plus for the Bears if they can do that. And I think their defense, the way they've been playing lately, can definitely help in that department. All right, audience. We are on to the Raiders. We're going to holler at y'all on Sunday. We appreciate your continued support. We look forward to chopping it up with Cousin Heidi and Eric C. at the game. Thank you all for making us a top 10 Chicago Bears podcast. Until next time, we are out.